Hey there, Streakers. Hopefully all of you are having a fantastic day. We are so excited today to welcome a special guest back to the Streaking Show. He was dynamic before. He's going to be dynamic now. He started acting when he was four years old, which led him to touring with a band and appearing on national television and a lead in more than 60 shows. In his 20s, he took a completely different turn in life to pursue what was he was really passionate about, which was helping people bring out their inner leader and be the best leaders in whatever organization they may be. He is the CEO of Swaz Consulting. He's consulted with leaders on six continents, including Silicon Valley startups, family enterprises, and Fortune 500 companies. He's a member of Mensa, International Genius Society, reads over 200 books each year, and has written three books with the fourth one, which we're talking about uh, today with him. He's earned a master's degree in business with an emphasis in organizational leadership, worked with some of the leading brands of our time, spent eight years as an employee at Chick-fil-A headquarters designing leadership development programs. And if you've ever been to Chick-fil-A, you know they're fantastic. And our guest is one of the ones responsible for that. He lives in Atlanta with his wife and four children. In his spare time, he continues to write music, design board games, serve in local nonprofits, and push his boundaries through a variety of ex variety of extreme sports from heli skiing to kite surfing. Let's welcome to the streaking show, Mr. Scott Wozniak, and let's start streaking. What is streaking and why should you do it? Streaking is how you set up personal winning streaks. Look at who you want to be and what you need to do to become that person. This is streaking. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jamie. And we are streakers. Through 30 years of marriage and seven children, we have learned the power of consecutive consistency or streaking. To start streaking is simple. You just follow these three laws. Make it laughably simple. Keep a record and join the streaking community. Streaking is your hidden superpower. With it, you will consistently progress and grow in whatever area of life you want. In this podcast, Jeff and I will share all the fun, exciting, serious, solemn, wonderful parts of family, spiritual, professional, and personal life, and how streaking powers it all. So join us in the conversation, join the movement, and start streaking today. Hey, oh, guys. We're so excited to have you back on. Thanks for having me. Was that back. okay? Did we give you a good introduction? Ah, oh, my goodness! I might hire you guys to take me around everywhere. That was pretty. All awesome. right, we'll do it. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're so excited to talk to you about your new book, and Thanks. it's been—it's been how long has it been in the making for this book? I mean, five years. I was doing the math, thinking about it, and I'm mildly embarrassed. Like, wow, that's a longer time than I wanted it to be. Um, but yeah, we've been working on this content for over a decade, probably um, actually doing the work. And then along the way, it was like, man, we should probably start writing down all the stuff that we're doing and capture that. And and uh, I kept being, it was one of my, I'll get it in my leftover time, right? Like when I'll, yeah. and honestly, right. I'm really not just saying this. It wasn't until I set up a commitment, a streak to say, I have got to at least write one dadgum sentence a day. I am not yes. stopping because the first few years was like, I mean, you know, I'll do a little here and a little there. And then it would be like weeks. And I'd realize, man, I haven't done anything. And then I would try to do a hard session on a Saturday. And yeah, it was when I finally said, no, I'm got to be like a pro about this. And I just started knocking it out. Um, and that was only you know, a year and a half ago. And I, I mean, I know this stuff, right? I've been, I've been right. using speaking in my life in a dozen <laughs> different areas, but I, you know, it's funny. You, you just, cause you know, it doesn't mean it's useful. It's not until you apply it. So it, it so is funny it. how, it is funny how often there's things that we know work. And even when we've used them in the past and we know they work, there's still that little hurdle where you're just like, okay, I know what I need to do. 
I got to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I don't know, a year and a half ago, I got serious. And uh, and then the rough manuscript and all the, there's lots of raw materials. That was almost more the problem was that unlike all the other books um, where I had to sit down and come up with the ideas, it's like, I have all the ideas. I have too much. I've disorganized. How do I put it? Do I do this way or that way? And so, um, yeah. So anyways, yes, it's coming out, uh, out October, 2023. So okay. um, it's going to be, uh, it, I'm excited because again, a lot of the other books are, they're great. All three of my other books are fables. Um, they're like the storytelling where a character goes through a journey. And I drew on my background as a, you know, actor, performer, all that stuff. So, so like they're, they're fun stories, but this one had so much meat. That was one of the reasons why I was, I was dancing around early days. I couldn't figure out how to put all that together and have a meaningful story without it being like a, you know, 400 page book. Um, like, <laughs> So I ended up there's a lot of storytelling, but it's really just, it's real. It's just real stuff. Like, Hey, let me tell you about the leader who faced this scenario. And here's how he applied it. Here's an example of this rather than a, a fictional frame story. Um, and so all that to say, it, it's a different book for me because it wasn't a cool story with an inspirational message and then lots of little nuggets mixed in. Those are my first three. This one is just like packed with the practical stuff. Here's how you actually do it. And and I basically didn't have room for all the practical meat and another frame story around mm -hmm. it. So um, yeah. I went with the deep stuff this time around. So, so excited to see how people respond to that. Um, it's going to be fun. Well, it is going to be fun. And when we talked last, you were still, I, I think, let's start with the title because you were kicking around the title for a little yes. bit. And the the title that you did have was kind of customer experience engine, but that's moved to a subtitle. Yeah. So give us a little bit on the background of how you came up with the title. And I haven't said the title yet. I'll let you introduce the title and how you came up with it and everything else. Yeah, I, it's I'm, I'm delighted you asked this. There's actually a serious story behind the title because I put a ridiculous amount of time and effort into the title. And literally after all of that, we changed the title the last week we could change it and still go to printing. <laughs> really? Literally. We had a, and it was like, and by the way, all those grand ideas and uh, my wife who works with me uh, and does the whole process, she's just in on the meeting and she's, so I tend to think by talking, right? Like if, if my brain's moving, my mouth starts moving. And a lot of times, I don't know how this works for you guys, but my life has been like, I'll say stuff and then think like, do I actually, like, what do I think about what I just said? Like, I, <laughs> yes. Occasionally got me into some trouble, right? Like, oh, that's, I don't know if that's a good thing I should have said, right? I should have thought about that one first. It's so weird. My wife actually thinks before she speaks. It's the strangest <laughs> thing to me. Um, so she usually sits in the meeting and listens and listens. It's so weird. Like she'd been through a lot of these sessions. She's on this leadership team for my company. She's a she's a great balance to me, right? Deep thinker, process, and this is classic her. So after all this stuff, and we're like, I don't, know, I don't know. And she goes, Well, what about this? And we're all like, That's what we've been waiting like for two years. I've been trying to figure this thing out. Um, so. Okay, so the original title was Raving Fans Engine, um, which is, I like it, it's cool. And I, I honestly, I'll tell you the reason why we couldn't get it is because the word raving fans, or the phrase raving fans is trademarked by Ken Blanchard's company. Ken Blanchard's the business really? author. He wrote oh, the book yeah. Raving Fans. And now this is it, interesting. You can't copyright a book title. So I don't know if any of your folks are authors. You can pick any title you want. Um, and they, they raving fans, because 
they didn't want people to like lock down a book title and then nobody else could ever use it ever again in the history of books. It's like, no, no, but you can trademark it for business use. So raving fans, he wrote the book. That doesn't mean anything, but he wrote training programs and keynotes and online courses and they trademarked that. Well, I'm like raving fans engine is different enough. And so we applied for a trademark and the U.S. trademark office decided that it was not different enough, and we <laughs> repealed. And we we and and they're like, no, no, no. Blanchard's team has it, and so we could have like risked it, and then maybe they wouldn't. You know, they don't have to sue us, but they could have. But they could, right? And it was like, I mean, I could do the book title anything I want, but what I didn't want to do is like build a lot of um, equity and interest in a phrase that then all my websites and my materials can't use. Right. And right. so that's like, right. So I'm like, no, I want something that we can, they're like, Ooh, I love that book. I want the training that goes with that book. Right. So, yeah. so after a lot of debate, cause there was like, maybe we go for it anyway, maybe we do it and just call it differently. And we said, no, 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 let's come up with something that's our own. And so we went through about 20 different options and, um, I even trademarked a couple of them and we just could not get excited. So, so the next title of the book was actually going to be high octane customer engine because mm. I'm thinking about the engine and really playing yeah. with the metaphor. And I, if, you, I, if you're not a gearhead or not, but octane is the amount of knockback that you have it means the, the amount of effort that goes into something other than the forward motion, right? So high okay. octane means that there's very little knockback or waste. It all goes directly into the forward motion. And I'm like, well, this is great. It's a high octane customer thing. And so th there's a multiple problems with that, guys. Like it's, it's <laughs> like you have to stop and explain it at that level of detail. Yes. This is fascinating. I'm like, uh, that was a lot of thought into a title. Pro where problem like, wow. number one, if you have to explain it in detail before they get the idea, like how many people are going to like read a technical description of, and, and then it just, it's a mouthful. It doesn't come across smoothly. Um, there are there are awkward websites that occasionally, like if you Google it yeah. wrong, you come up in the weird, like, no, that's what I'm not here. That's to not it. So tell okay, hey, so, the title of our book is streaking. We, we know, know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You guys, uh, you have a whole other category of awkward. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so, so okay, but that was the title for a while because close enough and we can trademark it. Um and then it was like, forget it. We're we're just gonna go with customer experience engine. That's simple. It's clear. And literally, I had announced that's the deal. I have a little team, and one of my good friends said, "What's the title again?" And it's like it's the week before. And I, I this is just a testament to good friendship. So she's another business owner, um, pretty very successful. And so we were at a conference together talking, and she's like, "Tell me about your book. What'd you end up with the title?" And I tell her, and she's like, "I just got to be honest. It's boring." That's not exciting. I'm not That's interested. Not gonna... yeah, that does yeah. not work. <laughs> she, and she's like, it's like a, it's like a six or seven out of 10. Like it's meh. Like it's not bad, but it's certainly not memorable. Um, Gotta love it when someone's like, it's a, and you're takes, like, okay. It's a true, a true friend to be that truly honest. <laughs> yes. And so then she says, you know, I'm writing a book. Let me tell you the kind of title I'm picked just to know what I'm into. And I'm like, well, that'll be useful. Okay. And so I, uh, hopefully this is, uh, if you have to edit this out, uh, we can do this later. But her title was, <laughs> this is the title of her book, Delegate Everything But Sex. And it's her <laughs> leadership book. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that is a much more- Memorable book. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> like, you're, uh, yeah. 
I'm not even in the same category of interest, <laughs> right? Like yeah. customer experience, bureaucracy, uh, yeah. like compared to like pop. And I'm like, dang. So I don't know that I got to her level of catchiness with the new <laughs> title, but I will, I'll give you the concept. So what we went for was this, we want action verbs rather than a noun, right? We want something they can they can see themselves doing. It has to roll off the tongue a little easier. And then this was key. The customer experience engine is the methodology. So we'll get into that if you want in a minute. But like that's how you get there. But it doesn't tell you what you get for why would I do that? Like what's right. the point? What's the prop? Like, and we're like, well, actually, so we had customer experience engine as the title. And then in the subtitle, we talked about creating raving fans and building great brands and all this cool stuff. And we're like, actually switch them. The title should be, here's what you get. And then the subtitle is, and you'd use the customer experience engine to get it. So, yeah. so again, maybe not as cool as the, the other book title, but here's what we landed on was make your brand legendary. And so it's a, it's an action thing. We thought cool. about how to make your brand legendary because it's a how-to book, but, but now it's a lot of words. So like shorten yeah. it a little bit, make your brand legendary create raving fans with the customer experience engine. So that that's, awesome. I love it. it was and a I'm process. Glad, I'm glad you didn't do how to, because it has a different connotation, but I love the conciseness and kind of the, look, do this. This is what you're going to do. You're going to make your brand legendary. I so mean, it's, and it immediately conjures up all kinds of great things. Cause I think of all kinds of legendary brands mm -hmm. and yes, I'm like, okay, yes. how did they do it? How did they get to that? Now I'm interested. Yeah. That's what I, I love when I read it and, and you'd send it over. I'm like, that is a great title. And Thank it's amazing you. how much you need to put work, energy, and effort into a title. I was reading, uh, I actually took a master class by Malcolm Gladwell. Ooh. And he said he controls all of his titles. He, he doesn't let anyone else do them because, and he says it takes him days for the titles, like the subtitles in the book. Yeah. Because yeah. of how much it means, like yours, make your brand legendary. It just conjures up all of these great brands that are out there and like, I want to do that. Well, listen, I think the title is 80% of the marketing and growth value of the book. Now, yep. long-term, if it's an amazing book, even with a bad title, I have recommended books and said, gosh, the title's terrible, but you guys got to awesome. read this. Yeah. But most people, if they aren't caught by the title, they're not going to read the subtitle, let alone open the flap or click or scroll down the page to see the details, let alone actually try the book. Like, it all makes or breaks on the first moment. Does the title spark some sort of interest? And if yeah. it doesn't, um, then it doesn't matter how cool the rest of your your filler copy is. They're never going to go find out. And so, right. yeah, it it is um, it's significant for the for the impact that you're going to have. And by the way, for all the listeners here that are doing this, maybe you're not a book author. If you are, titles. But if you're writing a post online, that first sentence is the title of that post, mm -hmm. right? Um, the title sometimes of the podcast episode or the podcast itself, that first line, I would say as a presenter, when you're given a presentation or a keynote, if you open with some sort of like filler background, like, no, no, you need to open with a powerful statement that catches, and then you can back up and give them the backstories and all, but the first statement, the title, the first line, the first thing you say, these are massively important yeah. if you want to capture people's attention. Yeah. This really. reminds me, this is a little bit off topic, but um, talking about that first line and capturing the attention, our son was asked to give a talk in church 
And that has always been your big thing. Because a lot of times when we're given talks in church, a lot of times they're given a topic to talk on. So yeah. a lot of people will start their talk with, I was assigned to speak on. Mm-hmm. And it is a huge Real pet peeve for Jeff. He's like, I hate it when people start that way. So he was how he has taught our kids over and over again about the importance of that first line in the presenting. So I remember one time our son, and he was probably 17 when he was given this talk he gets up in church and he stands up there and straight into the microphone he says and raises his hands raises his hands high and he says you need to repent (laughs) (laughs) that's how he started his talk and i I, but i thought well he caught the attention of everyone everyone there yeah it's true you want to get that first that first line really helps make or break it maybe he should a little longer working on his title, but but yeah, <laughs> better to be a little too much, than little, a little, little too, too much. Yeah. yeah, his youth yeah. was helpful, so you know, you can look past things. So, you had mentioned that this book is different than your others in the sense that you had so much content. Mm-hmm. Did you find that easier to work with or harder to work with? Honestly, harder. Um. I honestly left out a tremendous amount of things I wanted to put in the book, but, um, and what I may actually end up having to do. So the engine has five sections to it, right? So there's the fuel and the gears and the belt and all this fun stuff. And each of those sections, and then I give an overview of why, and then a little application at the end, right? But each of those five sections, honestly, in the future, I may need to do an entire book on each of those five sections because um, here's where it gets into like, okay, I'll give you one example. We talk about customer insight as the fuel for the engine, right? All the stuff you're going to do assumes you're feeding. Do I really know who I'm serving? Who who my listeners? Who are my clients? Who are my customers? Who are the people? What do they actually care about? And so I talk about tools and ways to do that. Well, the way you do it, and this is key. I wanted the book not to be motivational hype. I want it to be tactical examples. Okay, here's a tool. Here's a method. Here's a warning. Don't do this one. Hey, try this one. But man, that changes radically if you're a bank or a construction company or um, you know a, a software firm, even software. Am I a software that sells direct to consumers or am I a big enterprise company software? Like which now? So there's principles everybody can use, but then I wanted to give an example for this guy and this guy and this guy. And and at some point I'm like, I had an entire chapter on the business to business version, the business consumer version, the startup version, like here's the high tech version, here's the low. And so what I ended up doing was getting a sampling of them rather than fully unpacking all of it. But yeah, it was ironic that um, I wasn't struggling to come up with stuff. I ended up cutting probably the book could easily have been two to three times the length it was. Wow. And I, I end up trying to make it more efficient and saying, for example, an operational excellence, another part of it. I say, okay, everyone talks about how important excellence is. Great. How do you actually do that? And then I have eight levers. I'm like, listen, eight of the most common. Well, I've got about 20 that I've used with clients. I picked the eight most common and each of those eight, there are books about these guys. Um, and so mm-hmm. I gave them like, Here's three to five pages to give you the big idea. So it was, it's good. I think it's useful. The initial feedback, I, now I went through a lot of versions. You guys as authors probably know the, the yes. initial, right? You feel like, oh man, I'm finally done. And then 
And then you realize. And then you show it to someone and you're like, it's crap. It's total (laughs) crap. (laughs) And you go back. A good book and a bad book is how many times you were willing to rewrite it. That is so true. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I think seven versions before I think it was finally good enough. And we got that balance right, I think. I mean, lots of beta readers, lots of input. Um, And so. But yeah, it was it was backwards to my other books where I was, um, you know, it's like for example, one of my one of my first books I call "How to Fail as a Leader" is like the struggles, the mistakes I made as an early leader, and so it's got a fun story. Um, but honestly, I wrote the story and then I filled in lots of the dumb mistakes I made, and and I, I got to the last chapter and I was like, oh yeah, I gotta I make it. Oh come, oh no. Unfortunately, slash fortunately, I had a lot of mistakes to draw on, but even still, I was filling in content. This time around, I was cutting content. So it was, um, I, again, the difference is I've been doing this work for 10 years. So I have a unusually deep well of examples to draw from. So, so right, nice. right. So let, let's let's go into that just a little bit. You mentioned the five, the, the five areas of the book or the five uh, things that you look at for the engine. Give us, give us just a little bit of what those are, and then maybe you don't have to go into all of them. But what were some of the more fun stories to relive, yeah. or what were some of the more interesting stories to relive that you that actually made the cut into the book? Yeah, excellent. Uh, so let me give you the overview, and then I'll give a couple of highlight funds that stuff that got in there. So, okay, so the engine. There's fuel that comes in the engine, um, and then there's three gears at the middle of the engine that you put them through the process, and then there's a belt wrapping around those gears, kind of keeping it all running, right? So the fuel that comes in is customer insight. Do you really understand your customers? What we found is most people have customer data, not customer insight. They know facts about them. They don't know why, right? and so, you know, they'll know what they buy, when they buy, where they live, some of their demographics maybe, but they don't know who else they considered or what they love about you or how you they use you in their life. Um, and so really getting past the, the surface stats to understanding the stories and, and the, their experience and where you fit in their life. Well, that insight allows you to make so many more efficient decisions on Hey, this little touch is going to love it. And they, this, this little touch, they don't care about. And so nice. you don't have to do what most businesses do and just throw a bunch against the wall and cross your fingers and hope something sticks. Um, you can actually do a little homework in advance and know what's going to stick. So that's the fuel. So when you have that in mind and you've got customer profiles and you know all this stuff about your customers, the first thing they want is operational excellence which is not usually what most people think. Raving fans, they're like, oh man, we're going to throw a party and send them a note. And yeah, yeah, that comes later. The first thing they ask is not how cool are you and how nice they ask, can I trust you? Can I trust that you're going to be there every time with excellence? Um, And we think excellence is how cool our software is or how smart our team. Mm -mm. It's how consistent we are. Um, and so one of the stories that makes in the book, um, fair warning, I pick on McDonald's in the book. Um, <laughs> I actually like McDonald's. They're a good business. They make a lot of money. I, when I was a kid, it was like my favorite treat. And so there's always going to be this nostalgic uh, appreciation I have for McDonald's. But but especially my days at Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A is a really yeah, I was gonna say. comparison, <laughs> yeah. right? Right. Um, and so McDonald's, the way we pick at them is like, oh, operational excellence. So one of my favorite examples is when I, well, I'll, I'll put you guys to the test. When I talk about McDonald's ice cream machines, what do you think of? 
the many times that it wasn't working when I got there. Yeah, then I took the the one time I took the kids and had promised them all an ice cream and it wasn't working. And it was down. That was they are like famously broken. Um, They're so broken that one of their customers got mad. And um, maybe on your your spare time or your listeners' spare time, you guys can check out www.mcbroken.com. Oh boy, mcbroken.com. It's hilarious. This guy made a real-time map of the U.S. and you can like zoom in, zoom out, and see all of the broken ice cream machine locations on McDonald's on the map. Like he's got green if it's it's good, red if it's broken. I mean, and it's crazy. He's redefining making your brand legendary at that <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> so that's a lot thing, of time to spend on something that was just kind of like annoying. How mad do you have to be? Yes, your, like it costs nothing. It's free for the world to just go see how bad McDonald's is. I mean, oh it my is goodness, hilarious, right? Okay, now here's the reason I bring that. Partly because it's vivid and funny, um, yeah. but but when you do it, and I've done this, I'll do this in a presentation, and I'll say, "Everybody, pull out your phones and check this out." And then they'll on the right, he has like some of the major metropolises, and then the national broken percentage, like how many percent are broken right now. And it oh, wow. so the way it works, every hour he he puts an order for an ice cream cone at every location in the U.S. Now he doesn't pay for it; he then cancels the order. But okay. They will send some of them a message back saying, sorry, product not available right now. And then he's like, red pin, broken, caught you, right? Like it's this whole jam. Okay. So, um, wow. it, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's mad. Okay, so um, when you look at the national percentage, and I, I've done this live for probably five years now. Um, it's been out for a while, maybe four years. Um, I've seen it go between 10 and 14% on average, closer to 10 to 11 on average. Wow, now, no kidding. Here's what I poke at people. I say, you think excellence is about how cool you are, how good your product is. Well, well man, I say, we say it all the time at Chick-fil-A, but if McDonald's would ever be consistent, they could ever get their people to show up regularly. Like they'd be a serious competitor. When they get it right, it's good. I mean, no mm-hmm. offense to all my Chick-fil-A yeah. friends out there, but if you happen to catch McDonald's fries when they just, I mean, I don't know if you got, you just, oh, exactly. <laughs> you just hit her sweet spot. Right there. <laughs> but I'm, it's interesting because I exactly had this conversation with my daughter two days ago oh, really? where she was asking, what are your favorite fries? And I said, McDonald's fries when they're good, but I can't always count on it when they're good. They're amazing. When they're bad, they're the they're worst. Really bad. And yes. okay. so, and, and so, it's funny. Literally two days ago, that was my conversation. This is our, like, well, I'm with yeah. you. I'm 100% with you. And here's the insight, right? Being inconsistently excellent earns you the same amount of trust as being consistently bad. Yeah. You don't give them credit for their good days, bad, average it out. It's like, listen, since I can't count on them, I just think of them as always broken, right? Yep. Their ice cream machines are almost 90% functional. The, the 10 to 14% broken, that means 86 to 90% working and we're famously broken. Yeah. If they can't count on you every time. They don't care about how fancy you can be sometimes. Yeah. Inconsistent excellence earns the same trust as being consistently bad. And so that's one of the stories that made it in the book, partly because it's personal to me. I live it. And partly because www.mcbroken.com is so brilliantly painful. Um, You know what I love about that too? And this is something that we emphasize because I think about, so make your brand legendary. We're talking about corporations, organizations, and so forth. This applies to individuals as well. And as you look at it, the consistency, and this is one of the things I love about streaking, is a lot of times people will ask, well, can I just break my streak and then 
and then come back and I'm 80% of the time there and I'm like, you know what? That is probably a, the, the worst it's thing worse. that you can do. Yes. Because when you're not consistent with yourself, all of a sudden you start to be leery of, will I keep this commitment? Will I not keep this commitment? I mean, you start to not trust your yourself. And if you don't trust yourself and have credibility in yourself, it's very difficult for others as well. Yeah. That's, I was thinking the same thing. And just as you were talking, I thought it's all about expectations. If people mm. have an expectation and that expectation is met, life is great. It's wonderful. And it doesn't really matter what the expectation is sometimes. <laughs> it's just, was it met or did you, did you lose it? Because I also think the same thing for me. Costco is a great brand. Mm. And when I look at that, it's because they they consistently exceed my expectation of, of what I will be getting. And so I, you're right. When you feel like you can count on something, you go back. When you feel like you're playing Russian roulette, there's a good amount of time you're like, not worth it. Just not worth the possibility of getting yeah. shot. Yeah, I, I, really, I didn't, like this is a huge part of the book and excellence in brands. And honestly, to use your language, we have to do streaking with our customers, which means we have to be the kind of people that show up that way. And, yeah. and what we say is this is first in sequence and in priority. If you don't get this right, it doesn't matter how fancy you be sometimes, right? It doesn't matter yeah. how cool your fries are once in a while. If I can't count on them like a streaking pattern, then yeah. In fact, I might get annoyed. You try to do this fancy stuff and I'm like, why don't you just show up on time, right? Why don't yeah. you get hot? Like, Forget the other stuff, Forget, get this yeah. right, and then we'll Just talk. Do this. Buddy. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's great. that's the first critical piece that we get that's into. That's awesome. I, I want to stay on this for just one second more. Sure. Because because it's not the first thing that people think about. They think 100%. about the splash, the brand, the market. They don't think about the operation. How did you guys get past that to really see that it, it is the operational excellence? And it may have taken years to really see the pattern, or you may have seen it right away. But what was it that kind of like, you know what, this is really the first thing i actually uh like you i was i was actually pushing i was a consultant doing fancy stuff and then um the chick-fil-a family hired me to come work for them and it was actually true at kathy the founder of chick-fil-a i mean it was my third or fourth week at the company and true it said the key to our brand is consistency and i was waiting wow. for like product quality and heart right. and God's blessing and all these noble things <laughs> like consistency, hot food, hot, cold food, cold on time. I don't care if we do any of the other stuff. And I was like, mind exploded. What? Like, it's not the cows. It's not the cool stuff. Yeah. It's consistency. We win or lose. If we are consistent, that's the game. All the rest is bonus. And so I got to tread credit true at Kathy, um, yeah. massive mentor to my life, uh, yeah. huge impact on me. So yeah. All right. So let's keep going. Did yeah. you have another thought? Or... Just love the simplicity of it. Yeah. That, that you, It's nice sometimes to know that there can be a lot of bells and whistles, but when you're wanting to really make impact, whether in a company or in your personal life, it's nice to know there's one thing you can look at and be like, this yeah. is the, and, and keep circling back. And once, because I feel like what your book is going to be saying is, once you've got that in place, you're always going to be coming back and making sure that's in place. Yes. And then you can move on. But again, this is kind of your foundational point. And if ever it gets out of line, you're going to go back to make sure that is, is back. Well, in I actually cite another book to say that exact same thing. So um, you may have read a Jim Collins book, Good to Great. It's yep. one of my all-time favorites. It's a classic, right? And yep. one of the things in his book he talks about is the flywheel. 
So I yes. use this engine metaphor. Well, he's before combustion engines, the engine the a family wheel. might have is this giant stone wheel that would take maybe take an hour to get spinning and then go, go, go. And then you'd off the momentum of that, you can drop these little gears in and they spin off the momentum of this big wheel, right? Um, but he says, and that's why I quote him in the book is like, the great brands never stop pushing on the flywheel. And the flywheel mm. is operational excellence. In my diagram, by far, like bigger than the other two gears put together, the big beast of a gear is operational excellence. It's big, it's heavy. It takes a lot of work to get spinning, get that streak going with consistency. Consistency, yeah. But when you do, never stop pushing on it. You can't take your eyes off it and think, oh, now we get to do the fan. Like, yes, and fancy stuff, but never instead of. There's yeah. always a discipline to stay with the basics. In fact, the great brands have a passion for the little details. Mm. Like they care at a level about the quote unquote boring stuff. Um, I mean, Chick-fil-A is still measuring the speed of their drive-through and having competitions to see if we can shave another second off that experience without making it feel bad. Like they're already faster than everybody else. Yes. Together, right? I, well, and and I because I know their food is going to be consistent, I'll wait longer just to do that. Even yeah, if their drive through is slow, I, I will wait in line. But you do that because the drive through isn't slow. It's long, but it's not slow. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, so the, the discipline of that, you're, yeah. you're so on, Jamie. So, okay. Awesome. So let's say we've earned trust and you got that going. That alone often will make you stand out and become, like there's some industries where consistency is so rare that being, cons I mean, part this part Chick-fil-A story. Consistency is so rare, you build trust and you're in the early days when I was growing up and kind of got to know Chick-fil-A, they didn't have the cows. They didn't have fancy parties. They, I mean, they, they were basically just a mall restaurant, but dang it, the food was good. And it was the only fast food joint that I knew of. You could count on always being awesome. Right. So yeah. consistency alone is good, but, but if you really want to go to the next level, then the next gear we talk about is personalized service. Mm. creating an experience or an interaction that makes them feel like a real person and feels custom to them. It's not uh, generic. It's not standard. It's a custom personal reach out. It's not reactive. It's proactive. Now this is a little bitty gear because what we found is if you have excellence in the basics, you don't have to do this very often. Once or twice a year, do some sort of small touch that says, I see you. See, first they're asking, can I trust you? And once they do, then they start asking, do you care about me? Yeah. Do you see yeah. me as a person? Do I matter? And they want to feel like you're speaking to them, that you get them, that that you're, and, and the way you get people to care about you is you care about them first. So little touches to say, I see you, I get you. It's uh, there's high touch things to do, like using their name and sending them personal notes or things like that. There's high tech tools on way to do it. Like you can have kind of CRM systems or all these kind of online ways. It depends on your type of business. And I give lots of examples, but again, pick one or two things once or twice a year that just says, I like you. I see you. It's a little note. It's, this is not the sales note, right? This is the, Hey, we're just, here's a gift from us to you. Here's a little something could be send them a little digital, uh, you know, bonus surprise or something. It doesn't have to be expensive because it's not about, um, the effort of the, the core service. You're already providing that. This is the right. just a little, hey, I just want to let you know we actually care about you. Here's a little something from us to you. And so there's a lot of ways to do that, but that that's the next piece. So you make a personal human connection. Now and how if, and, and and how did you get that piece? Where did you see that? In what organizations did you see that? Dozens of organizations. Yeah. Um so my job at Chick-fil-A was a really unique one. I ended up 
being a, what called organizational effectiveness consultant, which is incredibly vague, right? Just make it better. So what really <laughs> meant I did was I, I did strategic planning with the leadership team. And then most of a plan is 5% more, 10% better. Let's just keep growing, right? But once or twice a year, we'd be like, man, we got to really rethink that. Let's totally change that area. Or how did everyone else do this? So that was really my job. I spent 50% of my time traveling the world, going inside other companies saying, how did the best in the world do it? And then the other half, I'd come back and lead the upgrade at Chick-fil-A. So super cool job, crazy awesome. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of sacrifice. I mean, I had to spend a lot of time at places like Ritz-Carlton Properties and <laughs> private tours of Disney World. And uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, man. It was it's tough. tough. It was hard. Yeah. It was we, hard you know, way we, to pay your dues. Way <laughs> you. to you know, you. stick with it. <laughs> I had a team. We kept looking at each other and we'd be like, you know, I just want you to know someday your sacrifice is going to pay off. Uh, <laughs> will, you, uh, will, you, will you pass the salt for my steak? I appreciate that. Yes. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, now there were days when I was like, you know, in a manufacturing plant in Cleveland, no offense to Cleveland, but it's, right. it's, that's not Key West. Um, no. so, but yes, I mean, we stole tons of stuff from Ritz Carlton on how you do this Disney world, the way they make a magical mm -hmm. moments and special experiences. Um, we had to find dining restaurants. We literally looked up some of the top restaurants in the U S and said, okay, we got to schedule trips and it? go see how do these guys do it? What makes them the best in their class? And so it was, we, we borrowed a lot of fine dining stuff, like um, coming to their table. If it's just dumb stuff at Chick-fil-A, right? Uh, how do you make a fast food person feel special? We just bring fine dining practice in. We'll give you a free refill at your, well, the refills were free always, but you know, nobody goes to your table and gives you a refill. You have to go to the front, right? Well, what right. if we come to you? Whoa, right? Or from Ritz, we stole uh, my pleasure. So you, if you've been to Chick-fil-A in the U.S., you know, oh, you yeah. don't say thank you. They don't say you're welcome. They say it's my pleasure. Literally a Ritz-Carlton piece we straight up stole. True, it was like, <laughs> that's nice. That's free. We're doing that. And he came back yeah. and told everybody, we're going to say my pleasure. And he went through this whole deal. <laughs> so, like we just saw these little touches. But I will say it really, um, it, it went back before that. I mean, so. So I had a background um, working in nonprofits, uh, even in the theater when we did events, we found ways to to find people, use their name, make a touch. I mean, you go to the old, old classic, how to win friends and influence people. And he said, the sweetest word in any language is a person's name. Call yeah. them by their name and they like it. And so this is like fundamental human stuff that we just started playing with. Now, how does... Uh, uh, you know, kind of a, a legal firm do this high-end law firm is going to use a different set of tools to make their people feel seen than a software company that has a hundred thousand customers. So those guys are going to be sending automated texts where these guys, you know, the legal firm might be sending a, like a premium box to the CEO client that they work yeah. with. So yeah. the, the methods might change, but man, this is one of the most fun. Honestly, I'll give you the most fundamental one. Just send them a note. Just send them a note. Right a handwritten there. note. Yep. If anything, you know, it's it's interesting. I work it's with, uh, we work with a CEO who what, one of his streaks is to send a handwritten note, at least one every week. And that that's just that's what he does to clients. I mean, there it is. Sends it off. And it's awesome. Yeah. That little touch. Right. It doesn't he just probably doesn't have to write a very long one. I no. mean, he can literally say, hey, Jeff, uh, how are you doing? I was just thinking of you today. Hope you're well. 
Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he wrote to me. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's in, I have a, I have a little, I, I have a little uh, bucket back here, a little uh, tray nice. that I keep all those note that note in. And it's like, it's the coolest thing. Because the question becomes, do you care about me? And this note says, I see you, you matter to me. Yeah. Right. Jeff yeah. matters to me as a person. And that's it. You weren't, you know, if you call him and say, hey, how you doing? And he replies, hey, doing well, how are you doing? It doesn't have the same thing as when he reaches out to you. Yes. Because yeah. the, again, the question is, do you point. like me? So, yeah. okay, so let's let's say we've done all this. We've done almost all the engine. It's great. Um, if you stop here, your customers love you and they aren't telling anyone about you. Just because they love you doesn't mean they talk. So you right. got to... Do something to activate them to talk. And when that gets you to this last part, that's what we call creating a memorable moment. These, these moments that pop, that allow them to say, ah, I." because here's the insight. People don't tell facts, they tell stories. Mm-hmm. So if you want them to talk about you, you have to give them a story to tell. You have to create a story-worthy moment. And when you do that, the people who love you will talk about you. Now, now the sequence is critical. Because if you skip ahead to this fancy fun stuff and make up a cool story moment, but they don't trust you and don't feel cared for, they, they're not going to tell anybody. They have to already love you. And then you just do these little bitty things and they go nuts and talk all about you. Like it unlocks stuff for people. So, yeah. so this memorable moment is ways, and this is the key, ways, the mistake a lot of companies make, they're like, oh, okay, got it. And then they do this moment to make, well, actually, I'm going to use Star Wars as an example. This is okay. one of the things that gets in the book. Maybe because it works. I think it works. Maybe because I have a Jedi robe and lightsaber in my closet. Over here. <laughs> yeah. for the okay, our son for the just spent north of $400 on a lightsaber that is like wow. the coolest lightsaber I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Is this the one like the light slides up yep. and yes. down and like, yes. oh yeah. And I, I remember thinking you worked son. all summer as a lifeguard and this is where you want to spend your money. Okay. <laughs> this is uh, priorities. So, yeah. I mean, go. okay. So here's, here's the deal. Here's why. Cause I want to be a Jedi probably like your son, right? This yeah, is like, right. I, I, for your listeners, this is nothing to do with leadership pro tip. Um, when you're walking into the grocery store, you can find the crack in the sidewalk where when you hit it, the doors open. And if you wave your hands, three fingers in front of you, right at the time when you step on that crack, I'm just you saying- be a Jedi. Jedi, baby. I'm pretty sure my kids thought I had force powers because yes. that was how I entered the grocery store with them every, every time. time. I love it. Somewhere around six or seven, they realized they could do this without dad waving his hand, but- Hey, yeah. they're, Padawan, they're Padawan learners. And I know, they, I know. know. You, you got to raise them up, right? Um, so, uh, so Jedi, I keep wanting to make the story about how awesome I am. I want to be Luke Skywalker, right? I want to be the hero that, hang on, young Luke, not depressed yes. dead, dad Luke. Which, <laughs> what they did to it's that It's sad kid. that you have to clarify, but it's, it's essential. Thank you. Thank you. They wrecked that guy. He was a hero. Yeah. Now he's a moron. Like, I know. I want to be young Luke. I do not young want Luke. to be old Luke, right? Okay. Okay. So I'm Luke. I'm Ray. And I keep thinking if I make this story, how cool is this guy? Look, he's a Jedi. They might even believe I'm a Jedi. They don't want to tell anyone. The story can't be about me. If we make the story about me, they don't tell anyone. So this is the key. The hero of the story moment is your customer. Mm-hmm. They have to feel like they're a Jedi. And then they want to tell everybody, look, check this thing out. It makes me look like a Jedi. So let me give you, 
we we do need to be in the story though, right? If we're not in the story, yeah, we don't get any benefit. So yeah. if we don't get to be Luke or Ray, we play the role of Yoda. We are the wise mentor. We are the guide that helps them realize they really are awesome. They really can live their dreams and be a Jedi. So, so practical examples of this. Um, so from Chick Fil A, we they I don't know if you ever take your kids this. They have a daddy daughter date night or father son mm -hmm. nights or all these mm -hmm. moments. And you show up and they have like fancy tablecloths and these cool things and flowers for the girls or the father son night. They've got like this, they actually have a night outfit, K-N-I-G-T mother. They, they, the boys get to like have little swords and cool things. And, awesome. and the moment is how good of a parent you are, not how cool Chick-fil-A is, right? And they take pictures and they sit and then people share that like crazy because it's look look what i get to do with my kid oh thank you chick-fil-a yoda right. setting me up right that now some folks we have clients like construction companies they're like i don't think we're gonna have romantic dinners over a job site i guess <laughs> i'm gonna work so we do things with them like okay roll out a red carpet and show up at the end of the build a literal red carpet throw a party take pictures of your customers tell the neighborhood look everybody look at who moved into the new house or stepped into this new office building and and they're the hero and you're just yoda who gets to help look we're so glad we can help awesome people like this keep going i mean honestly it's kind of like what you guys do you you guys as uh the the yodas right i don't <laughs> i don't know if there's a mrs yoda there probably ought to be here right but the, the yoda pair gets together and helps other people realize we can achieve our dreams. We can really be heroes. We just need to use this streaking method, right? Yes. It works. right. And so the stories about how awesome they are, and we just get to be the, 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 the mentors who help them figure it out. That yeah. story, they spread that story like wildfire. People yeah. love telling that. Yeah. Or, or like there's some brands, even Apple's done this with their boxes, which is a weird, like they made a moment out of the box opening. So I don't know if you know this. They've patented their cardboard box, which I oh, did not really? really. I didn't realize they it's did got that. Like 20 I love their cardboard box. I mean, it, it is like it is awesome. It is amazing. In fact, I've done this at live audiences. I'm curious if this is true, you guys. And I'll say, put your hand up if you still have an Apple product box sitting around. You have not thrown it away. And I yep. see Jeff's hand sliding. <laughs> More <out>. than one. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. I can pull it out right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like what? We don't do anything with. It. And no, actually, I have nope. I have to pause and check, Jeff. Do you keep all your Amazon boxes? No. Okay, good, good. Because that's called hoarding. That's a different yes. problem. There's a difference. No. Yes, yes. Okay, there's something about the box. They made a moment. And here's why. I think it's because we feel awesome while we're opening that box. I mean, it's all sorts of little things. Like the wrapping's cool to get off. The first thing you always see is your device framed like it's a piece of art. Like it's, it's like yeah. the light glows, like Ariel sings in the background. Oh, right. I mean, it's this moment. And what happens is I feel pretty amazing. Look at what I've got. Look yes. at what I did. I'm a premium person. Yep. I'm pretty awesome. And that's why the box is associated with feeling awesome. We can't, we don't want to throw it away because we feel I'm awesome. I'm not going to throw that away. That was a moment. That was a moment. I had <laughs> yes. a moment there. I'm not going to Even if you can't yes. show up in person, maybe there are ways with your packaging that you can set things up that make them feel like, man, this is so cool. Look at the cool stuff I buy and use. I'm pretty premium. I mean, that's Apple's That's Apple's feeling, right? Yeah. See, the question they start asking is, how do I feel about myself when I'm with you? Yeah. Like what, okay. what, not what do you think about you? What do I think about myself? Self. 
while I'm using your stuff, while I'm I'm working on your, am I proud of myself? Am I hopeful? Am I excited? Am I the Jedi I always wished I could be? And if you can find a way to make people feel like you might be more awesome than you think, and then once or twice a year, do a little something to give them some sort of story to tell, they'll go wildfire. This is where people go from loving fans to raving fans, where they tell everybody and the brand grows exponentially. And it's amazing. And again, a little bitty effort. If you've done excellence, made them feel cared for, then once or twice a year, you do some sort of special moment that they have a story to tell. Oh man, brands, the brand goes nuts. Brand goes yeah, nuts. That's that cool. So what, so in our last moments here, the belt, what's, yes. what is, I yeah, didn't used to so have cool. the belt. Um, yeah. But I, in the early days, I was doing this with companies and when it wasn't present, uh, it didn't work. And the belt is a healthy leadership team. Now, listen, I love leadership teams. My first three books are leadership books. I'm not a, po- but I'm thinking this, I already have leadership books. This is it. This right. is a customer experience book, right? And what I found is if the whole team doesn't combine and align and all point in the same direction, this thing doesn't work. Mm. And so the keyword is healthy. Um, by a healthy team, I mean, they all have a shared win. They all collaborate together. This is not a competitive against each other team. They might be good individuals. They might, but if they're not all pointing in the same direction, I'll put it this way simply. If you tell two different stories to your customers or have two different feelings that come out, they believe neither of them. It it all, from start to finish, every part of the experience of your company has to feel like this is the same group we're working with. They all have the same attitude, same feeling, same goals. And and the metaphor I use, it's a little bit like a football team. We might play wildly different positions, but we win or lose together. We have one number, one win, and we might all have to do different stuff to pull together. Linemen's different than the kickers, different than the defensive back. But at the end of the day, they all have to come together and share and trade. So like, do your team trade resources, trade talent? Do they get together and work on each other's problems, even if it's in your department? Or if it's like, I mean, sucks to be you. Sorry, your department's <laughs> struggling. Then you're not going to pull this not thing pull off. It together. Right. It's an all right. or nothing engine. When you do it all, it always works. If you do half of it, it doesn't nothing. work at all. You can't, you don't get half credit. Right. So. So hence the belt. No half snow not, cones. Not half snow cone. Full snow cone. Full not snow half cone. snow cone. Yep. <laughs> so, a little tribute to Brian Regan there, if you haven't heard I his totally huge that. fan okay. of that. We, we may have that whole thing memorized. Uh, <laughs> yes. both, both, both flavors are my favorite. Both flavors, <laughs> yes. And if your fans don't know, check out Brian Regan. Check out Brian and Regan. <laughs> One of the greats yes. of all time. So good. Yes. Well, Scott, we, wow. This, we has, still, been this has been amazing. This, we could unpack so much more. And what we got to do is encourage all of our listeners um, to really go out and the book's available when. So October. you can pre-order October now. October 10th, 2023, okay. it comes out. Okay. okay. It is going to be fantastic. It's, if if anyone wants to get a hold of you that is listening, where's the best place to get a hold of you? So you can find me and all my personal stuff at scottwozniak.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-O-Z-N-I-A-K.com. And then you can check out my company and my books on both of those sites. But you can also, I have a newsletter and a bunch of other stuff that you can get there if you want. And that's Swaz Consulting, S-W-O-Z Consulting.com. So either the main company site or my personal site, and either one of them has links to all my stuff. Fantastic. Well, we have enjoyed talking with you, Streakers. 
Scott is absolutely phenomenal. The book, I already know just based on talking to you, is going to be great, and we're looking forward to reading it. If you'd like to reach out to Jamie or I ask any questions of us, you can do that at Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y, at thestreakingapp.com, or Jamie, J-A-M-I, at thestreakingapp.com. As always, you can download the Streaking app at Google Play or the Apple App Store. You can buy the book anywhere books are sold. And if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor and either subscribing to the podcast or giving us a review on the app or even the book, we would certainly appreciate that. Well, until we talk again, keep streaking. That make a better you.